All right, well, welcome today. We're actually beginning a, a brand new teaching series. If this is your first Sunday, you've picked a great day to come as we begin a brand new teaching series. I like to do teaching series just because it gives me a, lot, a little bit more time over the course of a few weeks to actually break down a topic and to spend more time on a subject. And so we'll do that. Uh, we'll do three or four weeks of a teaching. And every now and then we'll do a standalone like Pastor Brad did last week. And just to try to mix it up. But today we're beginning a new teaching series. And before I give you the title of the series, I want to ask a couple of questions. And here's the first one. Raise your hand if you've ever been lied to. Just, just let me see your hand. Somebody, pretty much everyone. Okay, now here comes, here comes the, the tough question. How many has ever told a lie? And, and if you don't have your hand up, just go ahead and raise it because you just, you just told one. All of us have told a lie. And for, for whatever reason, all of us have lied at one course uh, or one particular time in our life or another. Some of us are still stuck in that habit of lying and hopefully we break that uh, as we become more like Christ. But, but maybe you lied to get out of trouble. <clears throat> maybe you lied to cover up a mistake. I, that wasn't me did that. Maybe you, <clears throat> my goodness, maybe you lied to make yourself look better. Okay? But whatever reason it was that you lied, ultimately we lie, and the reason we lie is to get people to believe something that's not true. That's the main reason that we lie. And so whatever reason that you may come up with, the ultimate reason is because you want something to believe some, you want somebody to believe something that is not true. All of us raised our hands a while ago. Someone has lied to us. All of us have told a lie. But it's not just people who lie. We have an adversary. Everybody say adversary. Who is known as the devil who lies to us as well. And he tries to get us to believe things about God, about others, and about ourselves that are not true. As a matter of fact, our main Scripture in this series is John chapter 8, verse 44. So if you want to turn there quickly, I'm going to move fast today because I have a lot of material. John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is speaking here and he says, He, he's speaking of the devil, the devil has always hated the truth because, look at this, there is no truth in him. Means that, means that he, can't, he cannot tell the truth because there's no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies, not if he lies, but, but when he lies, it is consistent with his character for, look at this, he is a what? <clears throat> you have to know this, okay? The devil is a liar. Matter of fact, just say that. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar, and not only is he a liar, but he is the father of lies. The devil is a liar. And although we know he's a liar, there is many times that we are deceived by his lies and we believe that what he's saying or what we're hearing or what we're feeling is the truth. So what we're going to do today is we're going to begin a new series called Lies We Believe. Lies We Believe. And what we're going to do over the next four to five weeks is we are going to look at some of the most common lies that the enemy, the devil, convinces us of. That he gets us to buy into. And we're going to start today with the lie, a little sin won't hurt you. 
Now, as we begin today, uh, these are, over the course of the next four to five weeks, these are in no particular order as far as, okay, this is the number one lie that he tells us, this is number two. These are just coming the way that I feel that God wants me to share them. So the lie we're covering today, the next slide, please. Lie we're covering today is a little sin won't hurt you. Or you could say it like this, sin is not that big of a deal. How many realize the enemy will convince you that, that sin is it's not that big of a deal? A little sin won't hurt you. Just, just to kind of show you where we are today, we live in such a politically correct world today that people are afraid to speak the truth. And we did a whole series on this last year, Truth in a World of Gray, but, but people are afraid to speak the truth for fear of that they might hurt someone's feelings. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to offend anybody. We sure don't want to lose followers or, or sponsors, for goodness sakes, or supporters, we don't want to lose that. So we're careful not to, to teach on or talk about sensitive topics. And because of the things that should be said and need to be said, they get left unsaid because they're, just, they're too sensitive. We just don't want to talk about, about those things. And sadly, that same mindset of not wanting to talk about difficult issues or sensitive topics has made its way into the church. To where churches... Pastors, Christians, will refuse to talk about certain things, sensitive things, difficult topics. And one of those is the topic of sin. Just, just think about this. Now, you've, you've got a good preacher here, okay? You've got a good pastor here, but, 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 but think about this. When's the, when's the last time that you heard a, a, a sermon on sin? When's the last time you heard Christians talking about sin? I mean, that's, that's a word that you really don't hear a lot today. And just to give you a little perspective, I remember growing up, and some of you who grew up in church, especially like in the Assembly of God, Pentecostal, Church of God type atmosphere, you heard sin preached about a lot. Sin was preached as bad and hell was preached as hot, and you didn't want to go. And, 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 and I'm not here to advocate for hellfire and brimstone messages, but, but at the least, when you heard a message like that, the takeaway was, I desperately need Jesus. I need Jesus. And a lot of those messages that were preached several years ago, they would not be tolerated in many churches today. Because we don't, we don't want to talk about sin. Now let's just, we're going to brush over that, let's pretend like it's not there. And we've, be, we've become so numb to the realities of sin. We don't talk about the dangers of sin or the consequences of sin or, or the effects or the results of sin. We hardly ever even mention the word sin. In fact, in fact we, we've gotten to the point where we don't even call it sin, we call it struggles. Oh, I don't sin, but you know, I, I struggle with, with certain things, but I don't, I don't really sin. You know, I, I struggle with... Uh, with gossiping, but it's not a sin. Are you really struggling with that? Because when you look up the word struggle in the dictionary, it implies fighting, like you're in a fight, or you're, you're putting forth the effort to, to get out of that. But we're really not struggling with it when we blatantly just go to our coworkers and say, man, did you hear about Ron and Susie? Did you hear about what's going on in their life? That's not a struggle. You're not struggling with it. You're flat out Sinning. Oh, this is going to be a good message. I'm just here to tell you. It's going to be good. You're going to, you're going to enjoy this one this morning. But we do that. We, we call it struggles. And if we don't call it a struggle, we may call it a, a weakness. 
I'm weak in this area. And then and when we call it a weakness, then we just accept it. Well, it's just, you know, it's just something I struggle with, or it's just a weakness that I have. Maybe it's being short-tempered. Maybe it's being overly critical. But typically, if you know that you're weak in an area, what will you do? You'll try to get stronger in that area. But the reality is, is that many people who call sin a weakness or sin a struggle, they aren't doing anything to try to get better in that area. The reason why is because we've believed the lie that it's not really that big of a, a deal. How about this one? I struggle with not telling the truth. No, let's just call it what it is. You're a liar. That's, can can, can y'all be open to this this morning? That's the only way we're going to get healed. It's the only way we're going to break up the ground so God can sow His Word in. But you're a liar. You don't struggle with not telling the truth. You're, you're, you're a liar. Well, Scott, I'm not really a liar. Now, I may exaggerate a little bit. And I may embellish the truth from time to time, but I'm not a liar. See, this is what I mean. We've been so deceived by the enemy that we think that a little sin, or not even calling it a sin, is really not that big of a deal. And if we do tell a lie, they're not big lies or black lies, they're little white lies. What is that? (laughs) What's a little, I mean, it's just a little lie. See, the problem is that we've stopped calling sin, sin, and we've made up all these excuses. And here's what happens. Put this on the slide, please, Cora. When you water down sin, you water down forgiveness. When you make little of sin, you make little of forgiveness. When when sin becomes not that big of a deal, you lose appreciation for the price that was paid for that sin. When you make little of sickness, you make little of the work that the doctor does to get you well. For example, if I just come out of the hospital and I have been cured of some terminal illness, but all along all I thought I had was a stomach bug, I'm going to make very little of the work that the doctors did to get me well. I won't really appreciate how hard that they worked to save my life. Because all along I'm thinking, I I just got a stomach bug. See, when you make little of sin, it's the same true for us regarding sin. When you make light of sin or little of sin, then you make little of forgiveness. And sadly, that's what's happened. The enemy has convinced us that sin is really not that big of a deal, especially what we would call little sin. It's just a little sin. See, we have redefined the definition of sin. As a matter of fact, when you hear the word sin what you think about are what we call big sins that other people do. Not us. We don't sin. We, we, we have struggles. We have, we have weaknesses, but, but we don't sin. If Jay comes up to me after service and he, he shares with me in confidence some things that he's struggling with, and I go home this afternoon and blast it on social media the things that Jake is struggling with, that's bad, isn't it? That's a big sin. But what if I only tell one person what he told me in confidence that he's struggling with? Is that less of a sin? Which one's worse? What if you asked me something this morning and I I just told you a bold, 
face lie. I just lied to your face. That's, that's bad, isn't it? But what if I just exaggerate some things from time to time just to make me look better, make you think more highly of me? Is that less of a sin? Well, what if you're, you're stealing money from your boss? I mean, you, you work in a, in a retail place and you're just flat out just, just stealing money from the register. That's bad. That's a big sin, isn't it? But what if you're just being lazy? It's getting, it's getting quiet here. And, and, and you're not working hard. And, and when your boss is out of town, you just slack off. Is that, is that less of a sin? Is one worse than the other? I know, what you're, I know what you're thinking right now. Well, yeah, that's not near as bad. See, you've believed the lie of the enemy that sin is really not that big of a deal. And I'm here to tell you, I have news for you this morning. There are no such things as little sins and big sins. There are no such thing as minor sins and major sins. There's no such thing as safe sin and dangerous sin. There's no such thing as acceptable sin and unacceptable sin. Sin is sin. Well, that guy over there committed adultery, but I just struggle with a little lust. It's really not that big of a, of a deal. See, Satan has lied to us just like he lied to Eve in the garden. God had told Adam and Eve, don't eat from this tree. If you eat from it, you're going to die. The enemy comes up to, to Eve and he's having a conversation with her and he says, you know, he's offering her this fruit and she says, no, God said not to eat from this tree or else we're going to die. Now, what did he say? You're not going to die. Come on, God was talking about if you ate the, the whole tree. He's not talking about if you just, just a little, I mean, a little bit's not going to hurt anything. It's just a little bit. Just one apple or one fig, whatever kind of tree that it was. It's just, it's just one. It's not, come on, you really think that you're going to die for eating just a little bit? See, this is how the enemy works. He tries to convince us that it's, it's really not that big a deal, that God didn't really mean that. When the Bible talks about sin, it's, not, it's talking about big sins, you know, like murder and, and, and you know, stealing cars and grand theft auto. It's, talking about, it's not talking about like, you know, a little gossip. Everybody struggles with that. Or exaggerating the truth. He's not talking about that. But, but look what the book of James says. James chapter 2, verse 10. James says this, says, For whoever keeps the whole law, everybody say whole law. The whole law, and this is not talking about the laws as far as our court systems things. I mean, that's, that's part of like obedience to God. But, but the law of God is what he's talking about here. Whoever keeps the whole law, but yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty. Everybody say guilty. Guilty of breaking all of it. Wow. Anyone who keeps the whole law but just stumbles at just, just one is guilty of breaking all of it. I want to take just a few moments here. and I want to I reshape the way that we think about sin. I, I mentioned the court systems a while ago. In, in our society, we have the laws of, of the court or the laws of the government. And, and when we break the law, you know this, there are different degrees or levels of punishment that are determined by whatever law that we broke. For example, um, a parking violation doesn't carry the same weight 
of punishment as breaking and entering. Getting a, the consequences of getting a speeding ticket are much less than the consequences of getting a DWI. Right? Uh, vandalism is different than, than, than murder as far as level of punishment. One's a, a, a misdemeanor. One's a, a felony. So, so we, this, is how, this is how we think of sin because our minds have been shaped that one is worse than the other. Well, breaking and entering, I mean, that's, that's bad, but, you know, just a parking violation, it's really not that big of a deal. And, this, and because of that, because there's different classifications of, of laws and punishments, this one may be bad, this one's really bad, this tends to be the way that we think about sin. But yet, James tells us here that if we break just one law, if we just stumble at just one point, that we're guilty of breaking all of it. I have a... I put this together in a hurry this morning. I probably needed a better example because you can't see that from where you are. But there are, this is paper clips. This is a, whatever you want to call it, a hoop chain. Um, but there are different sizes. Like this, this paper clip here is, you know, twice as long as this one. There are different colors. There's white, there's blue, there's, there's purple, there's green, there's oh, oh, silver. Okay, so let's say that this is a representation of the whole law. Which one of these can I remove and this, this hoop not be broken. Which one can I take out and it still be whole? J- just the big one? Or, or the blue one or the green one? None of them, right? If I take any, any one of these out, this chain is broken. That's the way that the writer James here is talking about God's whole law. It's, it's, it's not a level of this one's worse than this one. It, you, you can break this one and the whole thing's shattered, but if you break this down here, then, it, then it's still okay. No, he says, if you stumble at just one point, you're guilty of breaking all of it. Murder is a sin. Adultery is a sin. But so is hate. And so is lust. As a matter of fact, don't take my word for it. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27-28. Jesus says, You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I don't have it written down there. It's either before or after that, but he's talking about thou shalt not murder. But I say that if one hates his brother... He's guilty of, of murder. He's comparing them as, as the same. Murder is bad. Adultery is bad. Stealing is bad. But so is gossiping and lying and always complaining and being critical and unforgiveness. Hello. And resentment. Anger. All of these things. In God's eyes, in God's eyes, they're all the same. Sin is sin. <laughs> Hold on a second, Pastor. That doesn't seem very fair. You're here to tell me that someone who may be a mass murderer, who who commits that kind of sin, that it's on the same level as someone who struggles with with gossip or someone who's who's not telling the truth? In God's eyes, yes. See, here's, here's the problem. And maybe this will help you understand. If you can put this up there, Corey. Earthly consequences of sin may differ, but the spiritual consequences of sin are the same. Earthly consequences of sin 
may differ, but spiritual consequences of sin are the same. Of course, I just mentioned some while ago, we all know that earthly consequences of breaking the law are different. They may differ. But don't let that convince you that spiritual consequences of sin differ as well. Because they don't. They're all the same. Matter of fact, Romans 6.23, we all know this, for the wages, what are wages? Results or consequences of sin is what? Is death. The spiritual consequences of every sin, everybody say every sin, Every sin is death. Whether you think it's big or little, major or minor, safe or dangerous, acceptable or unacceptable, the spiritual consequence of every sin is death. But yet the devil has convinced many of us that sin is categorical. In other words, there are different levels of, compl- uh, of consequences as far as, well, that, one's, that one is bad. If you do that, you know you've sinned and you need to repent. But this one over here, this is just a little sin. It's not that big of a, of a deal. In other words, we think some sins matter because they're, they're bad. I mean, that's a bad sin. You know, I mean, I could start naming some. We know some. I mean, if you, well, murder, of course, that's bad. Homosexuality, yeah, that's bad. That's a, that's a bad sin. That's a big sin. But when we start thinking about other sins, we don't think that they're that big of a deal. Well, they're small and they're really not that big of a deal. But here's what we have to understand. First of all, all sin is bad. And it separates us from the source of life. What? The wages of sin is what? Death. It separates us from the source of life, which is, which is God. Secondly, it's the ones that we consider small that oftentimes are the most dangerous. Because, look at this, your greatest enemy is not always the big one that you can see, but the small one that you can't see. Let me give you a verse on this. I don't know if I've ever read a scripture from Song of Solomon while preaching. I'm sh- yeah, I probably had. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Solomon says, Catch for us the foxes. What kind of foxes? The little, fo- little foxes. The little foxes that run the vineyards are vineyards that are in bloom. Now, think about this for a second. I'm, I'm sure that. Little foxes probably weren't the only things that they had to be aware of that could tear up the vineyard. I mean, you think about an elephant. I mean, an elephant comes trampling through the vineyard, it's going to destroy it. But you don't have to worry about it. An elephant, you know why? Because you can see the elephant coming. He's big. You can hear him. That's going to try to do an elephant noise, but I don't want to pass out on the, on the stage this morning. But... <laughs> You can, you, can, you can see him coming. You can hear, I mean, it's obvious you see him coming. Pew, you shoot. I know you're not supposed to shoot, but you're going to take care of it, right? He's not going to trample my vineyard. But that's not the ones that Solomon said are the problem. It's the, it's the what? It's the, it's the little foxes. It's the ones that, that are running through the vineyard that you can't see. I mean, you might, by the time you see this one over here, you go to, to catch him and then phew, he shows up over here. So those little ones that you think are not that big of a deal, those are the ones that are going to ruin the vineyard. The little foxes you have to worry about, the ones that you think are no big deal, those are the ones that will ruin your vineyard. 
See, the point is that, that we have to stop thinking about sin as categorical. It's like there's little sin, there's big sin. Now this one over here, this one will hurt you. Stay away from it. But this one is just a little one. It's not going to hurt you. I believe that it could be quite the contrary. Yes, this sin over here will hurt you, but it's the ones that you may be least worried about that's going to ruin your vineyard. I know this is a terrible illustration. My daughter's already told me not to share this, but I'm sorry, baby. This is the best thing I know. I want you to think of sin like poop. How much poop is too much to put in your drink? How, how, much, how much can can I... John, how much, how much poop can I put in your, your water before you say that's too much? Can, can, I, put just, can I put just a... I mean, just a little bit. Just... Are, are y'all getting this? I mean, it's just a... It's just, it's just a little bit of poop. It's not going to hurt anything. Now, if it's, a, if it's big, you don't want that. It's gross. I'm, it's, just, come on, it's just a little bit. You don't want, you don't want even, even a microscopic portion of poop in your drink, do you? No one does. And it's true with sin. This is the way God sees it. He doesn't want us to look at things as like, okay, this one's big, this one's small. It's all sin. Just a little bit. But it's a big deal. I told you earlier that we've defined sin as the bad things that, that, that other people do. And those bad things have become subjective to our definition of what we think bad is, right? And we overlook so many things. Well, what I, what I do is really not that bad. I mean, I'm... I, I, I'm, not like, I'm not like Austin. Now, Austin, he's got some bad, he's got some bad sin. I'm not like, I mean, mine is, it's, it's, it's minor, Pastor Jerry. It's, it's, it's not that big of a deal. See, we, we've now defined sin using our own standard of what we think is, is good or bad or, or, or major or minor. The biblical definition of sin is, is to miss the mark. To miss the mark. Let's, let's look at this. Here's, here's the mark. That, that target is the mark. Which, which one of those arrows missed the mark? Is it the one that's, that's way off in the back? But, but not the one that, that hit the, you know, the little prop there? Or are they all missing the mark? All of them are. doesn't matter how close to the target you got. You still miss, you still miss the mark. All of those arrows are would count as no good because every single one of them missed, missed the target. They all, they all miss the mark. It doesn't matter where it lands or how close that it gets. It's about, is it in that bullseye? Is it hitting the mark? Maybe a better way to think of it is, is with like a treasure, with X marks the spot. A, a treasure map. We've got, we got an X that marks the spot. I'm waiting for that slide to change. There we go. We've got, we got an X right there is where the treasure is. That's where... Let's, let's just go all out. That's where $100 million is buried. And we're looking for that treasure. What if, what if we get just a couple of feet away? Is that close enough? I mean, I, I mean are we going to get like $10 million for getting within two foot of where the treasure is? You know, if, if, we're, if we're way down here at the bottom of the mat, we may get $1,000. No, is that how it works? No. You gotta be right on the X and dig to get that treasure. It doesn't matter how close or how far off. You don't get the, the treasure until you're on the X. Are y'all getting this? 
It's not a matter of how close or how far off. It's are you on the mark? Are you hitting the, the target? So you have to ask yourself, well, well, what's the mark? Or rather, who is the mark? Well, what, what's the target that we're looking for? Or who is the target? The mark is not a spot. The mark is not a set of rules. The mark is a person and his name is Jesus. That's the mark that we are shooting for. He has showed us the mark. And our role as Christ followers is to be like Christ. To be Christ-like. By the way, that's what the word Christian means. To be Christ-like. To 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 think like Christ thinks. To act like Christ thinks. To treat other people the way Christ would treat other people. Do unto others, the Bible says, as we would have others do unto us. Y'all remember a few years ago when the WWJD bracelets were a big hit? I say hit. What a joke those were. People wear them. They had no clue what Jesus would do. But anyway, that's just I'm on the soapbox. But the purpose behind that would be, okay, what would Jesus do? Would he, would he be in this conversation that I'm having right now? Would he be talking about this person who's not in the room the way that I'm talking about this person? Would he be exaggerating the truth or embellishing the truth? Would he be telling lies? Would he be harboring unforgiveness? See, that was the goal behind the braces. I don't know if it ever reached its goal. I don't think it did. But that's the goal. That's the mark that we're looking for. To be more Christ-like. To be more holy. To pursue holiness. But rather, our mindset has become this. How far can I go and still get away with things? How, it's not about how, how holy can I be, but how, how, really, we won't say this, but, but how, how bad can I be? Or, or how, how little of sin can I dabble in and still be okay. And we don't do that in other areas of our life, like our health. We don't say, how fat can I get before something bad happens? I think I might have just hit a sore spot because y'all guys got really quiet. We, we, we're, we don't say, how much junk can I cram into my system today before I have a heart attack? We don't, we don't do that. If, you, if you're doing that, you need to seek counseling, okay? But... But we don't do that. No one does that. We're, we're more conscious about our health. I mean, we don't, we don't mean to, 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 you know, to eat bad and to gain weight and all these things, but, but at least we have a conscious uh, or awareness about us like, okay, I want to be as healthy as I can be. That's our mentality. We want to be healthy. We don't try to see how much junk that we can eat without having a heart attack. It's more of how healthy can I be? See, the goal is not, is this wrong or is this wrong or what's wrong here? The goal is, is this Christ-like? It's not, is, is what I'm doing wrong? It's, is this Christ-like? Taking steps to become more and more like Christ. Every day, it's a journey. We should be becoming more and more like Christ. And every little bit helps. And every little bit hurts as well. You see, the key thought throughout this entire series, and we're going to get in more of this as, as we go along, but the key thought I want you to remember throughout this series is this, that a lie believed as the truth, next slide please, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Whether something's true or not, if you believe that it's true, it's going to affect you the same way as if it were true. 
And we've believed the lie that the things that we struggle with are no big deal. They're just little sins. It's not going to hurt anything. Consider this. I saw this, I found this article on the, the, the internet the other day as I was searching for examples of little sins. Watch this. It says, if you're going somewhere and you're off course by just one degree, I can't, one degree is so small, I can't even, I can't even show you. If this, if this is, if this is zero, then, then one is like right there. I mean, it's just, it's just barely tilted. Y'all, y'all know degrees, right? Like zero and 90, 180, what's next? 270, 360 or back to zero, right? Okay, so if, if this is 90, then one is just like, I mean, it's just, it's little. Okay, so if, if you're going somewhere and you're off course by just one degree, if you go 12 inches or one foot, you're going to miss your target by 0.2 inches. That's not that big of a deal. I mean, you just traveled one foot. You're only off by 0.2 inches. But what about as you go farther out? After the length of a football field, being off just one degree, you'll be off by five feet at the end of the football field. Not huge, but noticeable. After a mile, you're off by 92 feet. One degree is starting to make a big difference. After traveling from San Francisco to Los Angeles, you're off by six miles. If you were trying to get from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., you end up on the other side of Baltimore, 43 miles away. Traveling around the globe from Washington, D.C., you'd miss by 435 miles and end up in Boston. We're talking one degree. Traveling, excuse me, in a rocket, I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to do this, but in a rocket going to the moon, just one degree off your starting point, you miss the moon by 4,169 miles. Going to the sun, you'd miss by over 1.6 million miles. Traveling to the nearest star, you'd miss by over 441 billion miles. Just one degree. One degree. One degree. Little ways, it's not that big of a deal. But the further you go, the, f- the more you extrapolate that, that line, the further off that it gets. Here's the point. Write this down. Small deviation over a long period of time equals major problems. Small deviation over a long period of time equals major problems. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a, you just got a little temper. Don't, be, don't nudge anyone beside you right now. You just got, you got a little temper. It's just a little temper. It's not bad. But let's say next year, that temper is a, a little bit worse. And the year after that, it's a little, it's a little worse. Where, where's that temper going to be when you get married, if you're not already married? When, when you get married, where's that temper going to be when you have kids? Where's that temper going to be when those kids become teenagers? Where, where is that temper going to be when the kids have moved out of the house and it's just you and your wife left? And your empty nesters. Where, where's that temper going to be? Maybe you struggle with a little, a little lust. It's just, it's just a little bit. I mean, you just like, just like to check out the scenery. Just as some, you know, young female or young male walks by, you just, I mean, it's just, it's just, Art, it's God's art, you know, it's, it's nice. You just like to look at it from time to time. It's just, you know, just a little flirting here and there. 
It's a little flirting here today and maybe a little bit tomorrow, but over time, where's that little lust going to lead you? Where's that, that flirting going to lead you? Think about, think about your health. Maybe you're a little overweight today. You know what? That did not happen overnight. Small deviations. A little bit here, a little bit there. Over a long period of time. Major problems. But here's the good news. Everybody say good news. If you spin that in the positive direction, where could you be a year from now if you just start making some small adjustments for the good? Just, just some, some small adjustments. But maybe, if you, maybe you're a negative person, and nobody's going to admit that, but others could help you out. But maybe, maybe, you, maybe you complain a lot. Maybe you're just negative. Well, what if you just made, made it a point to stop complaining and stop being negative? Just, put, just implemented some small adjustments in your life. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be positive today. I'm going I'm to not complain today. You might just bring some peace into your family. You might lower your stress and anxiety. What if, here's a good one, what if you made it a point to stop being so critical of your children and instead started encouraging your children? Who knows the places that your children could go? Who knows the, the people that your children could become if you would just right now start making some small adjustments for the good? I'm going I'm to be more positive. I'm going I'm to encourage them. Who knows what you're setting them up for? Small deviations over a long period of time equals major problems. But if you spin that in the positive, small adjustments for the good over long periods of time could, could equal some positive results. The devil is a liar. Everybody say the devil's a liar. And he's convinced many of you this morning that what you're doing is not that big of a deal. It's just a little sin. It's not going to hurt you. But listen, here's what's going to happen. It's just a little sin. Over time, that little sin is going to weaken your character. It's going to compromise your integrity. It's going to slowly eat away at the love that you have for your spouse and for your children and relationships that are very dear to you. Casting, I think it's Casting Crowns. They have made a song famous a few years ago. It's a slow faith. It, just, it doesn't happen overnight. Slowly. It's little things. It's those little foxes that spool the vine. How big does a, does a hole have to be in a ship to sink that ship? A small leak can bring down a big ship over time. There's three things that I want to leave you with, and I'm closing with this, I promise. We're going to, these are all on one side. We're going to cover these. But you can stop this leak today with, with three things. If you can identify where you're struggling, identify where you're struggling, expose yourself to the truth. Do you all know what the truth is? It's God's Word. It's the truth of God's Word. And you're going to find out in this series. As a matter of fact, as we move forward, we, we want to give you the, 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 the lies that the devil gives and then what, what God says about that. Because that's the only way that you can defeat the lies of the enemy is by knowing the truth. So identify where you're struggling. Expose yourself to the truth of God's Word. And then establish boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. And stay within them. And this, man, this could, I could, I, 
what does that say? I'm four minutes over. I could, I could go on and on and on about this, about how people are going to judge you and how gonna, they're going to think you're silly because maybe you struggle with a little bit of, of lust. And uh, so, so one of your boundaries may be to, I'm not watching not even rated R movies, but even PG-13 movies that, that are um, sexually provocative or you know, has small sexual in, innuendos. And I, I'm not even going to watch those. People might laugh at you and think, man, you're so silly. It's just, they're not even showing anything. It's just, it's just a, a quick sex scene, you know. It's a, but that's the boundaries that you've got to establish. Are you all hearing me this morning? It's just a small thing. You've you got you to build those walls and set those boundaries and then stay within them. Say, nope, i got standards. I have guardrails in my life to keep me from running off in the ditch. Well, you could take them down, Scott. You're a good driver. You don't need guardrails. <laughs> Those guardrails are there just in case that I lose, I let go of the wheel. They're going to keep me within the lines. And here's the good news. Jesus will help you. He gives you grace. Thank God for grace. And I've told you this time and time again. This is not my quote. I don't even know who made this famous. But grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the power to overcome sin. A lot of people say, oh, thank God for God's grace. You know, I was gossiping today, but thank God for God's grace. No, 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 you're abusing grace. You're, that's cheap grace. You're watering down forgiveness because you're watering down sin. Sin is a big deal. All sin is a big deal. So what the goal should be is I want to be more like Christ. Oh, today I stumbled a little bit, but thank you, God, for your grace. I'm going to, I'm going to read more of your word. I'm going to know more of the truth because the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free, but it's only the truth that you know that makes you free. It's not the truth of what this word says that's going to make you free. Y'all follow me? It's only that truth that you know what this says that's going to make you free. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we are so thankful for the time that we have been able to have to to hear your word today. God, I am so thankful for the cross, Lord, as, as all of us, as we're hearing this message on little sin today, what we've categorized as little sin, God, we realize, Lord, that we fall so short, that we've missed the target, that, we, that we're not even close to the treasure, God. But I'm thankful today, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be the perfect, sinless sacrifice that hit the mark, who is the mark. And God, I pray that today as we hear this about sin, and uh, uh, that we would stop categorizing sin as, okay, well, this one's bad, but this one's not this big of a deal. That we would stop saying, okay, well, that one over here, I want to stay away from this one, but, but this one over here, it's not going to hurt me. God, I pray that our prayer today becomes, Father, help me to become more like Jesus. Is this Christ-like? Is this conversation that I'm having, is it Christ-like? Is this movie that I'm watching, is it going to help me become more like Christ? Are these songs that I'm listening to on the radio, are they going to help me to become more like Christ? Are the things that I'm reading and watching in the people I'm hanging around, are they going to help me become more like Christ? And Father, if we see that these things are taking us away from you, God, I pray that we would do those things that were just listed. God, that we would identify where our weaknesses are, where we're struggling. That we would expose ourselves to the truth of your word. And that we would establish boundaries and stay within them. God, we realize we can't do that on our own strength. But Father, we know that your word says, I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We know your word says that greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. And God, I'm thankful for the one who's in me. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that we don't take away from this message today that, that we got to follow rules or we got to be sin conscious. God, the word, the, the word today is not to make us more sin conscious, but to make us more Savior conscious. Father, Lord, to, to be aware of how great of a price that you have paid. And it's because of you, Lord, that we have this forgiveness. But God, we want to live the life that you've called us to. We want to be the salt of the earth and the light to the world. And God, we can't do that if we compromise our values. We can't do that if we make little of sin. We can't do that if we water down things and say, well, this one's bad, but this one's not as bad. So Father, I pray that you would help all of us to see that sin is sin. Yes, there are different earthly consequences, but all spiritual consequences are the same. Father, for one today who may be struggling in an area, who may have thought that this was this no big deal. It's just, it's just a little this, little, little harmless flirting, little, little, little exaggeration of the truth. It's just a little gossip from time to time. God, I pray that right now that the Holy Spirit would begin to convict them and they would strive to be more like you. I pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen.